What's up, y'all? It's Jeff Cobb, and you're listening to Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show on Social Suplex Podcast Network. You're listening to the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show. Listener discretion is advised at all times. Thank you once again for downloading and listening to another episode of the Ricket and Clive Wrestling Show, part of the Social Suplex Podcast Network, support for which is brought to you by the guys at Angirls at Manscaped, who are the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels, and they obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. My name is Clive, and yes, ladies and gents, that's right, you have guessed it, as has been the case for the last few weeks, our plans to con- conclude, never mind continue, the worst of our pay-per-view fantasy series that we've been doing. The idea has personified itself and shat the bed. So, however, there are sort of extenuated circumstances with that due to some not great health and some sort of helping out others in terms of moving house and stuff like that. I'm stuck on my own tonight, so apologies in advance. Barry and which we're supposed to uh, no, his name's not his name's not what I just said there, it's Ricky don't listen to what I just said um, I will edit that out after the show Barry and Ricky can't make it tonight, they're going to be fine just a bit under the weather and busy I am also admittedly under the weather I've not had a great few days so please bear with me if the energy levels are a bit noncy tonight I I was thinking about getting some folk on for this, but I just want to get this one done and dusted to make sure that you listeners have got something to listen to my dulcet tones or dense tones for the next maybe half hour, 40 minutes. I won't keep you too long. Just want to keep you up to date with all that stuff. So I will confirm for you that the worst pay-per-view fantasy series will conclude tonight. I, I do have the submissions from Ricky and Barry. I'll get to them later on in the show, and just to confirm, it will be, because it it seems cursed, basically, trying to get this thing off the ground. So, this pay-per-view fantasy series will be drawing to a close as of tonight, because God knows how many weeks in a row we've tried and it's just fallen apart. So, personal message to Mags, profuse apologies, you have an invitation, an exclusive invitation to join us in an upcoming project. Um... So we'll read out some of these two worst pay-per-views at the end of the show, and I will slag them senseless. That's the the pay-per-views, that is, not my fellow guests and co-hosts. I'll slag them as well, maybe off-air. Before I do that, though, I just thought I would touch on a couple of things that I think have been noteworthy for me, anyway. As, as you may know, I haven't been paying too much attention to main roster stuff. I'm a bit out of the bubble with regards to Raw and SmackDown. I keep on top of NXT, but at the moment, just especially this last week, uh, just feeling a bit rough. And I have been on a sort of mission to complete Pokemon Ruby from the Game Boy Advance. You'll be all chuffed to bits to know that I did complete it on Sunday. 
it wasn't the main, well, it was the main mission. You know, obviously, uh, the things you can do afterwards or continuing with, you know, got to catch them all and all that. But I did the main story and I'm not ashamed to say that took up a massive amount of my time. But there's one thing, a sort of mild, lukewarm take. Now, WWE has come under scrutiny for years now with regards to its handling of tag team divisions. One side, you've either got too much ridiculous going on in this example you would choose Raw on the other side you've got Smackdown where it just seems like it's the same people over and over again uh, playing just playing best of 47 series but I want to pay attention to the women's tag team division which I thought had a pretty strong and healthy let's see what 7-8 months especially when we had the Kabuki Warriors on, on go the women's tag division Currently, the champions are Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax. Now, I've got no problem with that. That's all well and good. They've got a, an interesting dynamic together, a psych- a chemistry, which is just like the sort of comedy double act, and I think it works very well. Both of the women are working to their uh, their strengths. It's good to see. The question is, though, how many people have they got to face? Because, okay, we've got a sort of rehashing of the Riot Squad, with Ruby Riot and Liv Morgan. But in the space of four months or so, we have had the Iconics um, split up. We have had the Golden Role Models split up, Sasha Banks and Bailey, And we have also had, very recently, Alexa Bliss finally calling a quits with regards to her friendship with Nikki Cross, with, admittedly, an absolutely beautiful Abigail's kiss on SmackDown this week there. So if you want to add Kabuki Warriors into this, because, okay, Kairi Sane was going home, fair enough, but Asuka and Kairi Sane were a tag team. They were a unit and they wrestled together quite often. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but in terms of teams that have been put together, we've had two. That's Shayna and Naya. And I know they kind of were a team before, but Liv and Ruby. But you've had three others taken apart, Bliss and Cross, Iconics and Kabuki Warriors and the Golden Role Models that's just I've enjoyed the women a lot in 2020 for WWE, been a lot of crossover, I would say more so than the men thanks to Sasha Banks and Bailey. The the women's tag team titles have never seemed exclusive to either brand and while when you've got these superstar shakeups or the wildcard rules ongoing, it can be getting, it can become quite messy. I think if you're just keeping it to the women's tag team scene, that's quite a joy to watch. But you split up these three teams. Now, granted, Sasha Banks and Bailey was bound to happen eventually. And I know if you've been paying attention to Bray Wyatt's gloves the last year then it was only a matter of time before Alexa Bliss turned heel. But they were a good team together. They did well. They had, again, an interesting dynamic together. They meshed well, merged well, gelled well, whatever you want to call it. And they've just been taken apart. Now the Iconics have been taken apart. You'll you'll understand I took that one sorely. I just saw the captions and the tweets and I thought, ah, well, that's a load of shite, if there ever was one. Um, It's just... 
disappointing to see one of my favourite things of 2020, that being the women's tag team division, getting torn asunder basically. And well, you have an entertaining double act at the top, they've not got much to go on apart from against each other. So I hope they sort of figure that one out. While we're on the subject of the ladies of WWE, there has been a, a mystery woman appear on vignettes on SmackDown. I have the inside scoop on this one in that it will either amount to nothing or a massive, massive, stinky anticlimax. We've seen this before twice. These, these um, made o- women makeover things, we had it with Emma, when it was a whole. Is it Emilicious? Was that what she was called? Emelina? <laughs> and Lana. I can't even remember what came of, became of that because, no offence to Lana, but the brass, top brass, haven't really got much faith in her going forward in terms of pushes and stuff. She might have something going on with Natalia there. Have they tag teamed? Answers on a postcard, please. Tell me all about it at Ricky and Clive on Twitter. But Emma's especially was pretty bad where she just turned up, this was weeks and weeks and weeks, nothing happened. Or she came out and then said, eh, I'm not going to do this for you guys. And that was it. Utterly pointless. It's a waste of production money, it's a waste of um, editing software, it's a waste of a lot of time. A lot of time and resources for that one. The hacker. Oh, <laughs> I mean, pardon me, if I've got a... Bad cough at the moment, and I can confirm I did have a certain test that you might all be aware of. It did come back negative, but doesn't mean that I'm not feeling negative, if you know what I'm saying. So, again, apologies for any sort of dip in energy tonight, but I'll try my best to keep you as entertained as only I can, which sounds so big headed, it's, it's actually funny. But the hacker, that was another one where so much time and effort went into it, and it just seems to have disappeared by the wayside. The I've talked about it before, but good friend of the show, Rance Morris and I wrote a column, penned a column together on the chairshot.com and it's talking about ten big WWE missed opportunities. The hacker was one of them. Um honourable mentions for Emelina, GTV, stuff like that. This retribution thing we've got going on. I'm very torn with it because the visuals are excellent. The there's uh, that panic and anarchy that they brought to the show, a sense of urgency, which I'm a big fan of, maybe most when it comes to presentation of a product, like a sort of 8 to 10 TV show. If there's urgency in wrestling, I'm all for that, especially if it's an ongoing story. The the problem with the retribution thing, and this is what I was worried about at the start, is that it's not going to go anywhere or it will amount to nothing. Now, it's not amounted to nothing. There's still something going on here. But as far as I'm aware, it's been going on for too long now without much in the way of advancing the story. Surely, at your big four, surely at a pay-per-view called Payback, you would have some sort of interference from these retribution fellas and fellettes, but not the case. Something tells me this is just a, they've, they've thought of the idea, they've got the extras in, the trainees from the PC, uh, I've not seen much footage, but many people are saying that the disguises for Dijakovic and Mia Yim are horrendous. So you've got those two floating about in there. 
It screams to me that this is just a placeholder until they sort out what they're actually doing with it. A placeholder, a stopgap, maybe a bit just like Raw Underground. Because when you look at Raw Underground, that doesn't... Something like that has to have a shelf life. They can't just keep going with that in terms of putting over just random people now and again. It kind of just, I don't know, a bit odd. It's not that I don't like the idea. Well, I don't because I'm not into that MMA fight style, personally. It's just that, what's the end product? Is there an end product or is that just going to be a thing going forward? Again, it has that urgency to it, which Retribution bring as well. There's a lot of crossover. Um, wrestlers who, I mean, even bloody... The two shriters from the Four Horsewomen were on it. Marina Shafir and Jessamine Duke, I believe, were on it recently. I know Marina Shafir was. So you're getting a lot of people who have been underutilised. So when you think about it, those two Shayna's goons had not been seen since Shayna went to the main roster. That's brutal. Ah well. It's not, I wasn't exactly gutted to not see them, so there is that. But, back to... The <laughs> What a tangent that was. Back to the mystery woman. I don't particularly care because I don't think much will come of it. One thing I do, I am interested in, is the Seth Rollins attack of my main man, Buddy Murphy, Buddington Murphyus. Um, an interesting night for Buddy Murphy, I think, because not only was he attacked by Seth Rollins, which looks like a permanent falling out, there was an, in, uh, an indication of some romance for the young chap along with Rey Mysterio's daughter. Now, I can't... If it, Aliana or Alana, can't remember right off the top of my head, I'm afraid. But there's um, conspiracists out there who think that Rey Mysterio's daughter and Buddy Murphy are going to be romantically entangled with one another. Not physically. It's still a PG show, remember that. But they'll be romantically engaged, as it were. Which is quite a wrinkle quite a spanner in the works, I have to say. I'm stunned, absolutely stunned that this programme between Seth and Rey Mysterio has been going on this long. The only thing I can think of is that Rey Mysterio has had to buy double glazing for his mansion or his house, his whole house needs painted or he's bought himself a, a brand new yacht or a car or something because that whole family's getting a wage getting a paycheck at the end of the day now. You've got the wife, the son, the daughter, and the man himself, Mr. Mysterio. They're all getting some wages off of that. Are they going on a holiday somewhere? Um, is he homeless? Is he, needing, is he needing money? Can we start a Kickstarter for him? It's just beggar's belief how this has happened. It's just bizarre. But at the same time, this is like taking it to a new level. What's happening with Buddy Murphy? Is this the face turn breakout? Is this um, is this just uh, is it just gaining the trust of the mysterious, and is this going to go even further and sort of go over and above not only the mysterious but Seth Rollins? Very interesting. I'm going to make a point of keeping an eye on that going forward. One thing I've noticed now um, with Buddy Murphy, obviously Buddy Murphy's is not been sort of blow away in terms of promos. He's obviously had his to quality standard matches but he's not had any huge 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 character development but he has been a very very prominent feature on Raw and pay-per-views um, wherever Seth is Buddy Murphy is and I think that's a good thing 
We've had as well the last, not so much now maybe, but he's still a sort of regular feature on SmackDown, Drew Gulak. He's popping up now and again um, on SmackDown. He had a great first quarter of the year for, for definites. Maybe even the first half, if you include the stuff with AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan going forward there. So he's had a good time of it. See if you can notice the trend here coming up. Uh, Cedric Alexander, who was... Oh, God knows where he's been when you think about it. Maybe a main event. Just sort of holding up the, the bar at catering, maybe, for a while. But now he's joined up with the Hurt Business, who looked... Not only did they look dashing in their suits on the way to beat up Retribution, but that was just cool in general that the Hurt Business came down and said, no, no, this is our, this was a moment of this is our yard. And I've seen people complain. It's like, hold on, are the Hurt Business heels or faces now? Just take things at face value. If you were an arsehole and some other arsehole came into your office and trashed the place, would you not be a bit pissed off if you were an arsehole or not? So the Hurt Business... That's that's a nice a nice wee stable there, and um, I've never been Cedric Alexander's biggest fan. The the just even in two o five live when he was the the cruiser champion for so many months, and just wasn't that into him. Would have I've still gutted to this day that Mustafa Ali didn't win that title that time, um, and I thoroughly enjoyed it when Leo Rush was destroying him during Cedric's crisis of confidence. <laughs> But, <laughs> excuse me, the him and the Hurt Business, I had my, my concerns about MVP, not so much concerns, just questions, why is he back? But look who he's helped, and let's face it, he's put Apollo Crews, Cedric Alexander and Bobby Lashley on a pedestal. Bobby Lashley has never looked, I wouldn't say more credible, that's the wrong term, Bobby Lashley has never looked less ridiculous no, that's not right. This is probably the best that Bobby Lash has looked under the WWE banner in terms of he doesn't come across, he's not in embarrassing angles, he's not booked to be a monster but fails at the final hurdle. He's just there, he's got the US title, he's killing it in those, that suit. They tore up the place, even the Raw Underground when they um, took over there a few weeks ago. The Hurt Business are doing good stuff. And I think MVP has been a key figure in that. So MVP, he is making MVPs out of other people. So I think his return to WWE has paid off handsomely. And that is a play on words, considering the beautiful handsomeness that's all in that group. But the theme, you may have noticed, Cedric Alexander, Buddy Murphy, Drew Gulak. As far as I'm aware, no, as far as I'm concerned, these guys are your sort of top draws for 205 Live. Your, your Mount Rushmore, if you will, shout out to Badlands there. Buddy Murphy, Drew Gulak, Cedric Alexander, either champions for a long, long time or involved in for a long, long time in many programmes. So too has Mustafa Ali. Now, he's not exactly had a great year, let's face it. Kind of fell off the wayside comes Survivor Series last year. Hadn't returned in a long, long, long time came back, looked swole and then just disappeared on the main event again. Now I'm not a fan of when wrestlers take to Twitter and moan about their place in the company. Just 
knocked knocked down some doors because you just come across as a a money face get basically knock down doors do whatever it takes because it works for some of them you can't say oh it just wouldn't listen to me because many wrestlers in there have pushed and pushed and pushed and got what they desired and they ended up working out for them look at the Seth Rollins he's got a lot of creative control you need to push but my take on this is it's taken them a hell of a lot of time all of them Gulak Murphy Alexander Alexander but they got there eventually in terms of being used prominently I think hopefully it's just a matter of time for Ali I mean Ali was used prominently it's just a matter of getting back into the swing of things let's just hope that he does because we all know Mustafa Ali is best for business so those were a couple of the things that have sort of taken my fancy over the last week or so in the world of wrestling. Now I'm going to introduce this new feature to the show. It could be something th- that I would do going forward. I think it's quite enjoyable. Let's just see how it goes. This is going to be the live hot takes tweet scroll. I'm going to see, um, I go through Twitter every, it's getting worse now, every two or three days or something. And I'll see some hot takes in there and I'll think, my God, what's wrong with these people? Like, it's just some horrendous stuff that's just awful on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being the worst. Tens, I see a lot of 10s on there, but I'm going to use my own scale. And I'm going to use, I'm going to, I'm going to read 10 wrestling-related tweets from people online, really from wrestlers or wrestling fans or whatever. And I'm going to tell you if I agree with it or not. And I'll see how many out of 10 I agree with. And that'll tell me if I'm in tune with the internet wrestling community or will it tell me a single thing at all I don't know, I don't really know what the experiment of this is all about but let's just say it's fun to read some tweets I shall not I think I will actually just give you the names of them just in case you want to bury people because I thought about that at first thinking is that a nice thing to do and then I thought this is basically an audio version of the retweet button so there you go Right, first one I see, um, a picture of Yokozuna from at 90s WWE with a picture um, picture of Yoko legend under above it. I agree with that. You could have used a better picture. That's not exactly very flattering to uh, big Yoko there, but he was definitely a legend and he's well remembered even to this day. Next up we have, let me see here. The virtuosa Duana Parazzo has said some people should delete Twitter. Amen to that. The current Impact Women's Champion. Um, some people, the only thing I don't agree with that is that many people should delete Twitter. But yes, yes, some people should delete Twitter. Not, and that's not even exclusive to wrestling fans. That should just be to people in general. Uh, let me see what else we've got. this is where it starts getting bad in terms of shit that dead air but like this is what happens ah shit I don't think this is going to work out at all there's too much nonsense in here Um, there's a picture of Orange Cassidy saying compliment and someone had retweeted it. It's, I, th- I thought this was Orange Cassidy, and it's a picture of Harrison Ford with <sighs> some guy that's dressed like Orange Cassidy, but he's a, a, an actor. 
I want to say Raymond something. I can't remember his name. And I don't even know what he was in either. He was in a film with Harrison Ford. He was in, I know what he was in. He was in that film where he played Neil Armstrong in the moon landing. So I don't agree with that because I can't stand Orange Cassidy and anything that's seen as a compliment by him is not for me. Uh, a tweet from Shana Baszler retweeting Nia Jax. Hey, don't talk about Ron Killings that way. I don't know what exactly Nia Jax said, but Shana Baszler said, unfollow me, please. I thought, yep, I can agree with that. I wouldn't want Nia Jax following me online. She can follow me outside if she wants. I wouldn't say no to that. Uh, at, fake at fake Kincaid, Claudio and Shin are a team. This is awesome. Dream match. Oh my gosh. So this is in reference to the Cesaro, Shinsuke and Akimura versus Street Profits match that happened on In Your Face Raw la the other night there. Have not seen it, but there's a pretty horrific gif here of a double powerbomb from Shin, who is dressed like... Uh, he's dressed like Superman and Spider-Man at the same time. Is the only way I can des describe it. Oh, Naka's dress sense is something to be desired. Cesaro and Naka powerbombed Montez onto the barricade and it looked absolutely horrific. Basically, if Cesaro's the tag team, you're guaranteed some money. So there you go, ladies and gents. Uh, I do agree with that. I think that's f three out of four so far that I agree with. Four out of five so far that I agree with. Not bad. It seems to be a quite a... Right, Andy H. Murray. Mia Yim is currently playing a role in Retribution, who are brawling with Keith Lee on Raw. Weeks after playing up the real-life couple's living, loving relationship on NXT. How does anyone invest in this? Um, because, ladies and gent, it's flipping wrestling. They're not going to put too much thought into this. And we've seen before that they don't really pay much attention to what goes on in NXT. I couldn't care less. It could just be a case of Mia Yim's in there as a stopgap for who they really want. So what, man? It's wrestling. Uh, five out of six. So far, that, uh, no, that's four out of six I agree with so far. Uh, here we go. Come on, give me some more. Doing, doing, doing not too bad so far. Talk amongst yourselves for a bit. Ah, let me see. Ah, it seems quite quiet so far. Do you know what? I think we're going to stop there because... Well, here we go. At Tape Machines. At Tape Machines, he is hearing some scuttlebutt, some theories that WWE seem, doesn't seem to much care about tag team wrestling. Intriguing, yes, but I think we should give the company a little more than the last 30 years before we rush to judgment. <laughs> no, that's a bit harsh. Because, um, well, there have been some legendary tag teams over the years. It just so happens there was a big gap in the middle when nobody really cared about them because New Day, I would argue, are faces of the company. And you had your Edge Christian Dudley's Hardys back in the day as well. And between then, maybe not so much, but kind of got a point there. So I'm going to go four and a half out of seven. 
that's not that's a bit of a strange one. Um, let me see. Maybe I can get three more. Surely I can get three more. I don't think I'm going to get three more. So do you know what? I think I'm just going to stop now because this has been getting quite boring. So I do apologise. Oh, at PWCDs, Chris D's, my main three takeaways from Raw. I'm excited for the world to see just how good Zelina Vega is in the ring. I don't need to see Rollins versus Ray or Dom ever again. Let's move on, WWE. Her business going after Retribution is awesome, but they need to be revealed soon. So, I'm going to go with two out of three for that one, and those will make my, th my last three picks. Three points. I'm excited to see Selena Vega, not just the fact that she's in the ring, just that it's going to change up things on the women's tag team division going forward. Um, <coughs> while I don't need to see Rollins and Rave and Dominic ever again, the added wrinkle that I spoke about earlier is quite intriguing and the hurt business going after Retribution was great. Retribution do need to be revealed, not so much revealed, just changed at some point soon. So well, let's say six and a half out of ten. I am 65% in tune with the internet wrestling community. Do you know what? Um, that is actually quite a decent wee barometer for how I am because there's some things I agree with and there's some that are just brutal. It's a shame that I didn't get any really, really hot takes because I have seen some the last few weeks. Um, some crazy Shakespearean analysis style stuff going into Hangman Page and Kenny Omega. It's like, whoa, calm down, mate. You just grabbed some tassels. It's okay. I mean, I know they've got a good story going on, but let's t um, calm it down a bit. So we're nearly at the end of this sort of hodgepodge episode. But before we finish up, I've got a couple of things I want to talk to you about. I want to talk to you about Manscaped and how they have redesigned the electric trimmer. Manscaped engineering team have spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created and just released a new and improved Lawnmower 3.0. Their third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce manscaping accidents. Millions of pairs of balls. I'll always say pairs of balls because that just makes so much more sense. Um, millions of pairs of balls are about to be nick three thanks to Manscaped's advanced skin safe technology. Manscaping accidents are finally a thing of the past. When I tell you this is premium, I mean premium. The battery will last up to 90 minutes so you can take a longer shave. The water resistant technology allows you to groom in the shower. One of the coolest features is the LED light which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming. They've also upgraded to a 7,000 revs per minute motor with quiet stroke technology. And let's not forget about that sweet, sweet charging stand. Show you're more off loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging dock powered by USB. If you're listening to me speak right now, I want you to experience it firsthand for yourself. Trim that junk of yours and get 20% off plus free shipping from any order with the code SUPLEX at the checkout area at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. So, two more things to close the show. I'll read out the guys' pay-per-views shortly. First, I'm going to do something. Uh, I saw a quiz, ProWrestlingQuiz.com. Which WWE superstar are you? So I'm going to take this quiz, tell them what I'm into. I'll give you the... It's like a multiple choice. What kind of style do you like? And it's going to see if I'm going to be this kind of person. 
So what would your style be if you were a wrestler? Powerhouse, technical, high-flying, brawler, flashy, dirty, striker or speed? Um, let's go for powerhouse. Right. If you were a wrestler, would you be a babyface, heel or a tweener? And I'll go for a tweener. That sounds good. Would I be going for the WWE Championship or the Universal Championship, IC or US or the WWE Tag Team Championships? <laughs> what do you think? Obviously the main ones, you know. WWE and Universe E. If fans had to choose one word to describe you, what would it be? Polarising, crazy, talented, monster or talkative? Consider I've just spoken to myself or I've spoken to the kitchen wall for half an hour. I would say talkative and polarising as in polar personalities. Um, let's just go for talented. Eh? Need to put myself over somehow. Choose which one of these would apply to you if you were in WWE. I'd like to be in a faction. I'd like to be in a tag team. I would like to do things on my own. This is the last question, and I think I'd be quite happy in a faction. No, I wouldn't. I'd like to do things on my own, thank you. According to this, I am... Um, doesn't tell me which wrestler I am. Roman Reigns. <laughs> so I'm a powerhouse, polari uh, po powerhouse talented... Uh, do things on my own. Hmm, that does sound quite apt. I wouldn't exactly say I wanted to be Roman Reigns, but those are the rules, ladies and gents. So we've finally reached the worst ever pay-per-views. Uh, I'm going to go with Barry's first because I've got it right here. Now, apologies for the sort of listed readout of this, but this is just the way things happened, okay? So, Randy Orton versus Big Show from Survivor Series 2013. I can't remember it. I do remember there was a TLC match or something. No, that's wrong. I can't remember it. Okay. Sounds red. Sounds dreadful. Especially with both of them at that time of their careers. Gerald Briscoe versus Pat Patterson, King of the Ring 2000. Brutal. Uh, and in hindsight, in 2020, not for the right reasons. Uh, homophobic jokes. Cross-dressing jokes. Uh, just in that slow, plodding, I-can't-wrestle-anymore style that we've grown to despise on the Ricky and Clive wrestling show. Uh, a mess, an absolute mess of a match. <sighs> Arsehole. Triple H versus Scott Steiner from the Royal Rumble 2003. That breaks my heart. That's actually two people who've said now that Triple H versus Scott Steiner is the worst match they've seen. Can't get behind that. Watch it back, ladies and gents. It's quite a good... It's a suplex fest. And who doesn't love a suplex fest? If you like Brock Lesnar matches, you like Scott Steiner matches. And you can quote that, and you can take that quote to the bank. The Undertaker versus the Dudleys from Great American Bash 2004. Now, I can't remember much about the match, but just the sheer fact that the flipping Paul Bearer was lost in a cement crypt at the end of it was dreadful stuff. Goldberg versus Brock Lesnar from WrestleMania 20. I remember actually watching this live in Barry's house. That was a bizarre one. I wouldn't exactly say it's the worst match I've ever seen. I think it, it's must-see because of just how car crash it was. Uh, I haven't watched it back ever. <laughs> but 
uh, I would like to just to see what the reactions are like. Now, one match I'd never ever want to see, thankfully I missed this one, it was Michael Cole versus Jerry Lawler from WrestleMania 26. And if I'm led, I'm led to believe correctly, this went on for close to half an hour. Dreadful, dreadful match. Uh, this whole thing going on with Michael Cole as a heel for so long was one of the worst things I've ever heard of. Thankfully, I wasn't watching at the time. On the same night that Kurt the Heck Angle versus F- for Randolph Keith Orton, Vengeance 2006 was a match between Kane and Imposter Kane, who later turned out to be Luke Gallows, by the way. Uh, that was absolutely terrible. I do remember this one. It's just such a shite match and such a shite match to pick out of thin air. So Barry got the spirit of this pay-per-view pick very nicely there. Well done. A controversial one. I, I've not seen it. It's The Miz versus John Cena from WrestleMania 26. Wow, WrestleMania 26 sounds dreadful so far. Um, I've not got much to add on this one. Many believe that The Miz wasn't ready to be in that spotlight. But it is what it is, and I think The Miz is more than ready for that now. Bam Bam Bigelow versus Lawrence Taylor, WrestleMania 11. Another one I haven't seen. Uh, I've not got much to add to that. However, the WWE title... It's a big show versus a big boss man <laughs> from Armageddon 1999. Uh, big boss man's he's been featured quite a bit recently on the old Ricky and Clive wrestling show. I thought the story leading up to it was brilliant. Typical soap opera, car crash TV. Uh, we all remember Big Boss Man's poem about Big Show's dead dad well. But the actual match, I remember it being an absolute stinker. So... Um, I would say the worst out of that would be Kane versus Kane. I know there's been a lot of shiters there, but that sounds dreadful. Uh, that was such a bad time. <laughs> so thank you, Barry. Ricky's now. Let me see what we've got. Okay. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. This actually happened? You can't have added the same person twice, surely. Right, Eric Bischoff versus Ted Along. Uh, this is a match that I spoke of a few weeks ago an absolute shit house of a match Al Snow versus Big Boss Man he's not said exactly which match it is because I believe they had a couple of them but it was dreadful Big Boss Man strikes again with being on the worst matches He must, you must look up his cage match of cagematch.net page and it's just full of shit Andre the Giant versus Jake the Snake. I mean, Andre the Giant wasn't very movable at the best of times. Uh, I just wanted to clarify something because... Did this actually happen? It did happen. Oh my God. 1992, 20th of December. Undertaker versus Gilberg happened, ladies and gentlemen. That's Dwayne Gill who we know affectionately as Gilberg. It happened in December 1992. Couldn't tell you what pay-per-view that was, if it was one. But The Undertaker fought Gilberg. That's absolutely immense. Uh, <laughs> I'll read that a bit at the end. Great Cali versus Kane. Basically, any match that the Great Cali in was an absolute mess. So, not surprised with that pick at all. From Mania 23, Terry... 
versus The Cat from WrestleMania 2000. Terry Runnels, uh, a favourite of mine back in the day for undisclosed reasons. I can't remember this match at all. Sounds dreadful. Because The Cat wasn't that great and Terry wasn't exactly known for her wrestling acumen. Sorry to say. She was known for having some fun with New Jack though. Google it, friends and family. Google that one. Uh, Goldberg versus Brock from Survivor Series. So that's twice that Goldberg versus Brock has appeared. This time it was the Survivor Series oh, one minute and 37 match between the pair. Probably stuck out more because it followed the fantastic greatest match ever, the Survivor Series 2016 belter, men's 5 on 5. I thought that match was terrible as well. Started a reign that, okay, some people asked for it, but I certainly wasn't one of them. And last, but certainly not least, and in brackets, in caps lock at the side, is so it's Hogan versus Yokozuna. And in brackets, from Ricky, is fucking Terry, you fucking wanker. So obviously that's about three or four or five fold for the reasons for hating Terry Belair. The fact that it's Terry Belair. The fact that it's a racist. The fact that he just waltzes in and gets what he wants. And the fact that it was at the behest of Brett the Shitman Hart. So I can understand Ricky's personal vendetta against Hulky Hogan there. Right, ladies and gents, that brings us to the end of the show. I hope you stayed with me. Um, I'm not going to lie, it has been a bit of a struggle tonight. I'm looking forward to some sleep as soon as possible. And just to get better and hopefully get some good fun projects on the go as soon as possible. I'm going to look more into this bracket thing we've been discussing off air. Uh, in the meantime, check out the rest of the other shows on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. They are One Nation Radio, Keeping It Strong Style, Grown Men Watch This uh, Great Match Generator, uh, All Things Elite, and forget not forgetting Caleb Baldwin, who is on double duty last wee while with Shallow Impact and Grave Consequences, which is a retrospective look at the Lucha Underground sa- series. I'm going to be, I'll be stockpiling those bad boys and start watching Lucha Underground again because that was a a damn fun show and Caleb's got a damn fine voice for radio. That is not to say that Caleb is not nice looking, it's just he's got a a lovely radio voice. You can get all those podcasts at socialsuplex.com as well as the columns that we write and if you want them sent directly to your email inbox all you have to do is press subscribe. Give us a five star review on the podcast app of your choice if you can. There is a link in the show notes for how you can donate to the show to give us pocket money for new microphones, new webcams. Seriously, I could do with a new webcam, maybe do some YouTube content for you, one that's in sync with the rest of my sound. Uh, Manscaped.com, don't forget, free shipping and 20% off if you use the code SUPLEX at checkout. Um, Manscaped.com. ProWrestlingTees.net also have t-shirts from the Social Suplex guys if you go to the Social Suplex page at that website. Wrestling Squared Circle is another website and you can find that on Facebook. Remember there, chatting all things wrestling. And for the Twitter, we are at Ricky and Clive. I've said that before and I'll say it again. Thank you for bearing with me. Hope I've not kept you too long. Um, And peace be to one and all. Get well soon. Everyone, including myself, good night. Thank you for listening to the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Podcast. We'll see you next time.